everybody. Welcome to our Healing Voices podcast and YouTube channel. I'm Aaron Lehman, uh, your host today. This is episode 31. Excited to be hanging out with my longtime buddy, uh, Scott Long. 29 years of friendship. We go back a long ways and we have lots of stories to tell. You're not going to get all the downloads today um, on all those stories, but we'll share a little bit about our our uh, friendship journey because 29 years is, you know, those of you who have long-term friendships, you know, the bumps, the highs, the lows, the support that it requires. And so we'll share a little bit about that as we dive in. If this is your first time joining the YouTube channel um, and or podcast, welcome. Excited to have you here. Um, I initially launched this podcast, uh, I guess, like right around the beginning of like March, 2020, February 2020, basically the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, the initial vision is um, healing, right? It's healing, it's transforming, um, grow, growing, improving, learning. Um, those are the words that, you know, kind of drive me day in and day out is just having those conversations with myself, having those conversations with other people, with my good buddies, my, you know, my best friends, you know, it's like, um, having those courageous conversations, not easy, right? These healing conversations, these transformational conversations, conversations about where do I want to grow? What do I want to shift? Um, but so incredibly important. And um, that's why I started this podcast, because I think that there are a lot of us out there around the world who are having those courageous conversations and they don't look identical. I know this. We all know this, right? Each of our journeys is different. Each of our paths is unique, and what works for Scott may not work for me. What works for my brother may not work for her, right? I mean, we, we all have a unique path that we're on. Um, my hope through this podcast, by featuring voices that um, I find to be very powerful and I find to be very influential, by featuring voices, by featuring people who have a story to tell, um, my prayer is not only that Maybe you walk away with a, an idea or two um, about how to transform or how to, you know, um, you know, shift in this next six months or whatever, maybe something in that zone. But also my prayer and my hope is that it also will inspire us all to realize like our voices matter, you know, Scott's voices matter, matters, my, my voice matters, right? Your, those of you who are listening, your voice matters. So whether that's you writing a book, whether that's you making a post on your Instagram from your heart, whatever it might be, I just want us all to know that our voices matter. And in my opinion, us having courageous conversations together, sitting across from each other, coming to the table, that's where the transformations happen, you know? And on that note, I will just say, I want to start with that, Scott. Like I um, am extremely grateful you know, and I, I've, I know I've said this to you before, but like, um, yeah, I mean, I feel that in my being, my bones. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for our friendship, for who you've been in my life. Um, yeah, I always know that when we hop on a call, I know that you not just have my back, you are cheering me on, you believe in me. And it's just so, I mean, I just feel so thankful that I, that I've been, been fortunate enough to have you in my life for 29 years, um, from band 
in fifth grade till now, right? To think that, to think that we're 40 now together, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We were in band in fifth grade together. And now we're um, hanging out here, creating together and learning together. So um, I'm just so grateful, man. Um, And on that note, as you kind of think, maybe what if we each just, as we're starting this, um, what if we each share like a couple pieces over the last 29 years, I mean, it could be a memory or it could be like a learning or it could be something. Why are, how are we still friends? Like there's not, I mean, 29 years and I'm not saying that's not happening or I'm not saying our listeners don't have friends for 29 years, but um, yeah. How, how have we pulled this off and not just pulled this off, but actually like, I feel pretty dang grateful. (laughs) And like, I just, you know, I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so a couple thoughts. Any thoughts on 29 years of uh, friendship? Just we'll just start there, and then Scott, we'll dive into some other other goodness, just about what you're up to now and what your what your life is all about. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> thank you for having me on here, and and definitely I feel, you know, what you said times ten about our friendship, and um, you know, just being grateful enough that we were third and fourth chair and in uh, fifth grade band to be able to sit next to each other and, <clears throat> you know, just serendipity in life and where your parents move and what school you go to so many things out of your control, but it's amazing how, you know, it works out. Um, and I think to answer your question, how we remain friends, I, I would say the number one thing is we just have a lot of fun together. We laugh, you know, we find the same things pretty hilarious, you know, mm-hmm. we enjoy, activities sports and talking about deep things and a lot of the same interests but you know at the end of the day i mean we can always laugh about inside jokes you know we hang out i know what's going to make you laugh probably as much as you know what's going to make me laugh and we've demonstrated that a couple times but you know i mean it's just uh, like i can immediately be like oh oh, that's aaron will find that funny and i can make you laugh and you can do the same with me and yeah. And uh, even just like when we're hanging out over there in Carlsbad or walk down the street, I can see some of them like, I know exactly what Aaron's thinking right now about that, about what just happened, the interaction or whatever. And and we just have kind of that sixth sense after that amount of time, but also just because we, you know, just have fun and, and yeah. don't, you know, at the end of the day, don't let the seriousness of life consume us to the point where it's not worth the fun of life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that out over the 40 years that I've been alive, it's, it's hard to do harder and harder to do because things are serious and we've been through serious times, but fun is still freaking fun, you know? So, and, uh, and, and I think that, um, you know, that's probably what I would say is, is that we just, we just enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, the memories, the memories are just so many, so many. And I, you know, one thing I will say, um, we had some such good conversations. I just remember Scott and I loved to go to the dance club when we were in our twenties. Like we literally would, we both lived in Phoenix. We lived together for a little while. We would, um, head down to Tempe or Scottsdale, mainly Scottsdale. And we would just dance until one, two in the morning um, and just have a blast together. 
And, but it was always hilarious because on the drive there and on the drive back, we were always like chewing on whatever was going on in our world, you know, which that's something that, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's one reason I probably, I mean, that's a huge reason why I feel safe with you, you know, I, and I think as far as friendships go, I think it's really important to find friends who you feel safe with and who are able to hold space for you in the vulnerable times and the difficult times and in the good times, you know, and I think that's something that I'm, that I can attribute like, yeah, you've just consistently been a safe space. Um, have we had difficult times? Have we had disagreements? Sure. But that's also part of the journey, right? That's part of digging in, right? I mean, you and I, I, you know, like are hungry for like, I mean, you, <laughs> Scott, Scott, I think has read more books than, uh, my whole family, uh, combined. And uh, no, anyway, Scott, like has read a lot of books is a very intelligent human being. Like I'm always in awe of, you know, you'll be telling me about this book or, you know, I just, you know, I was exploring this. Um, he also has probably written about 12 books on his computer, you know, just like with all of your journaling and your reflections and your philosophies and just exploring like the meaning of life. And, um, I'm just, I just feel safe. I feel safe in this friendship. I feel safe. Um, yeah, I'm just like that to me, um, probably given my upbringing, right. Given my upbringing of being raised by two counselors and share intimate, vulnerable feelings and da, 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 you know, like the fact that you offer, you know, you offer me that space and I feel like I offer you that space. Um, I'm just thankful for, yeah, I mean, dude, definitely the joy, definitely the fun times and the laughter. Well, you said something to me when we were, you know, in our early 20s, uh, you said, no one has a monopoly on wisdom. And that's a quote that has stuck with me for, you know, the, the, like memory burn. I remember exactly where I was when you said it to me. And, um, and I think that is a value that I've taken with, with me because of our friendship is that, you know, there was a lot of times where I felt I had the monopoly on wisdom and, and I'm like, oh, this is it. I got it, you know, or this person has it. I want it, you know, or this person has it. And just, you know, reflecting on that quote when, you know, you again have read a ton of stuff and have been immer immersed in a ton of stuff with your travels and everything. Like if there's one person who I believe knows the truth that no one has a monopoly on wisdom, it's you because there are plenty of times where you could have just taken that mantle and said, I have it. And this is the truth and follow me, but you don't, you open spaces for people to struggle, to write, you know, thousands of pages to try and find truth, to go through a hard time, to go through a good time, to go through just mediocre times, you know? And that I think more than anything is why I respect you so much is that, you allow space for people to struggle and allow people space to have a good time. And you just always are, there's another seat at the table. The circle is never closed. Come on in the, the, you know, monopoly on what's true is never found. There's always something more to learn, always something more to discover, always another idea to chew over. And um, so I think that's that, and, uh, you know, number two is why I think we've remained friends is because 
you never let me get too big for my britches. And, uh, and there's plenty of times where I have been. <laughs> and uh, it's a good reminder to know that, you know, I can think I know, but you know what, a lot of people have come before me and there's going to be a lot of people that come after me. And, you know, I, I know what I know at the moment, but that's about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Real talk, man. Real talk. And it is, as you were sharing that, I'm like, just different, just different downloads. Right. I mean, some of the power, like, I feel like we might have to write a book. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, some of the different downloads that you people read. No, who are these people reading? <laughs> <laughs> Our parents. My, my mom. <laughs> we're we're going to do a multi uh, interactive experience. In the I know middle. your mom and dad will read it. And my parents will read it. You know, that'll work. That'll work. And my, and Andy, Andy will definitely read it. Andy will, yeah. Andy will read it. No, but for sure. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, the downloads, um, ah, so grateful, just grateful for, for our friendship. And it, it is difficult. It's difficult for me to make friends. And another value that I've taken from you is that, um, because I'm so introverted, because I'm so in my head, it, it's, it's hard for me to make space for people and you've always made space for me. Um, and you've always inserted the value of, Hey, you got to be around people. You know, it's not good enough just to talk to the people in your head, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and the people that, you know, have written these books or, you know, lived in centuries past or, you know, that you don't interact with and that don't know you. It's the people that do know you. It's the people that have been there when you were, you know, at your worst and at your best you know, those are the people that, um, you know, you need to invest time in and, and, and it's important to have those people. So you've constantly shown me the grace to be one of those people and um, to get me out of my shell in a lot of ways. Um, and, um, you know, it's just, just moving into the real world has been something that you've, you've really given me that's, that's a, a value that I'll never forget. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful. And I mean, I could, I could talk about our friendship for the next four hours. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I want to also just let's dive into some other questions. Okay. Um, I had, honestly, when I think about my healing, Scott, when I think about my transforming over the, like since college, right, let's just go from there. You have been an enormous part of my healing journey. Enormous. You know, I could say, oh, traveling to da-da-da, that was huge. That was enormous, right? You have been like next, like huge, huge in my healing. The consistent drop-ins. Um, and I have to share this because it's I, you know, maybe, maybe you do this with your friends, maybe you don't, those of you who are listening, but one thing Scott and I do. Um, intentionally when we talk and we're probably talking, I would say we've averaged probably every 10 days for the last 20 years, I would imagine. Like, I, I, I don't think it's been, um, and sometimes it's been more often and other times it's been, been about that. Um, we live in about 40 places in the last 20 years too. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and one of the things we do at, when we check in, um, and catch up with each other is we literally just pass the mic. And we, you know, um, I was raised calling it share times, but it's really, and, and Scott, I remember you've been on speakerphone for like my, uh, layman family share times before, but you know, just this opportunity where when I have the mic, 
Scott's just dropping in and listening and being as present as possible. And then vice versa. When Scott has the mic, I'm just being as present as possible and just listening, you know, and yes, sometimes I ask questions. Sometimes he asks questions. Sometimes we request feedback from the other, right? Um, sometimes we don't, sometimes we don't want feedback, you know, and we communicate that to each other. So, um, I don't know. I feel like that's been a, a huge blessing and a huge part of the healing that, um, that I've been able to experience over the last 20 years. Um, you know, I am still in process. We'll forever be in process as, as far as transforming and healing goes, but I finally believe you. You know, Scott, I finally believe some of the sh you've been telling me forever, you know, like Aaron, you're enough, dude, you're enough. Like I'm like, I'm finally starting to believe that uh, more often than not, you know, and two decades ago, a decade ago, like that was a, a daily struggle, right? It was like, I am what I do. I am what I work, how much I produce I am. Right. And you have just consistently faithfully been reminding me to breathe and to be like, you're enough. And I just, yeah, I mean, I will take that all the way to my grave, whether that's in the set, my seventies or my 110s, you know, like that, that I, that I'm enough. And I, and I would invite us all to consider that possibility right now, you know, like those of you who are listening, who may don't, maybe don't feel like you're enough right now. Um, if that, if that feels, feels real to you, you know, maybe it's something worth journaling about. Maybe it's something worth um, having conversation with yourself about or a friend, you know, just about this enough story and where that came from, right? Uh, Scott and I've talked about so many times, like, where did I get this not enough story, right? And how do I learn a new story, right? How do I learn something new? And, and Scott, you're just repetition and consistent friendship and showing up on our phone calls has communicated to me over and over and over again that I'm enough. So, um, yeah, anyway, just wanted to share that, the sh that the share times have been super helpful for us. Um, and maybe you already do that with your friends. If not highly, highly recommended. It feels, feels really good. Um, whenever we do, do get to catch up. So. Well, and another value that I've taken from our friendship is that, you know, sometimes people just need to be able to process things out loud, you know, and I could tell you the answer, but you know, it's you processing, it's you going through and working it out in your head and, and uh, you know, skipping the part where you do the work as opposed to me just saying, hey, you're enough. You're like, okay, whatever, you know. But most of the time people just need to process it and they'll figure it out, you know. And that's something that took me a long time because sometimes I feel like I know the answer. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the answer. Do this. You know, you're enough, obviously dude, come on, you know, <laughs> but <clears throat> it doesn't work, right. you know? And like what you were talking about when we just drop in is just us processing what the other person probably would have told us at the beginning of the conversation, you know, mm -hmm. but the ability to just work it out, you know, through, uh, you know, our own way um is is another huge value that um i don't think a lot of people get enough of that of time and space to process their own thoughts and their own beliefs and feelings and not just take what somebody tells them at face value you know and to really ingrain it as a belief about who they are 
you know, and what you've told me my whole life is, you know, that I'm a good person. And I find that very hard to believe most days, you know, and, 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 you know, you allowed me space to process why I think that and why I don't think that and why, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm starting to believe it some days, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where if you didn't allow me the space to process, and you didn't allow me the space to, to hear myself say it, you know, you saying it over and over would be impactful, but it wouldn't be as impactful, you know? And I think that's an important part of the share times that we have is, is giving the other person a space to process, a space to believe the truths that the other person sees so starkly, you know, because yes. I could take a survey and give you a quick poll numbers and I'd be right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. You know, it yeah. only matters if you believe it and same vice versa, you know, yeah. so I think when you're, <clears throat> when you're talking about that and if people want to do that with, with their friends and things, just allowing space to process is a, is, is something that um, I'm eternally grateful for. Mm. Yeah, man, as you're, and as you're, as you're sharing about that, it's um, it, what comes up for me is, um, you know, back like, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, you were like, Aaron, I see you like to read, <laughs> you know, but you were like, why don't you take a little breather from reading and why don't you journal and write and reflect and like, and I think that's part of that. I loved that advice. You know, I, it, it allowed me to just like, what is Aaron's voice? Right. Cause so often, and I'm sure people who are listening, like can relate, like so often we go to the book, right. Or we go to the, you know, I go to Dr. Mark Hyman, you know, he's like, he's like my functional medicine doctor online that I follow and believe everything he says pretty much, you know, Um, it's so easy to go to these different gurus or teachers or doctors that we believe and trust. But then how do we then also have that inner dialogue? And I think that's part of this processing that what the processing allows, right? Versus you start sharing and then I quickly am like, oh, Dr. Mark Hyman said, da, 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 da. You know, it's like, no, just freaking let Scott talk, you know, just let him talk and process. Um, anyway, I'm so thankful for that. And now I, I'll read a book or listen to a book, um, but, and, and I still find great value in reading and, and, and exploring other people's experiences and ideas and philosophies. And, but also, I feel like that's that that was a huge gift that you offered me and reminded me like, dude, go inside, go inside, like go inside here, you know, go inside here, explore what's actually, what wants to come out, you know, what, what's in there, what, what do you, you know, what are you chewing on? Um, anyway, I'm just thankful for that. that I remember, I remember saying, I was like, I was like, Aaron, you're one of the people that these people are going to read and say, wow, I should read more Aaron. You know, and, and, and you're like, you're like, no, no, no. I'm like, yes, that's what you have yeah. that I don't know. I'm still learning to believe that. So, so clearly is that you're reading these people thinking, oh, these are the people that I look up to. These are the people that have all the, the answers or some answers and I need to mimic instead of share my own voice. I'm like, no, they're going to come to you in times where they don't know the answer and say, those are good ideas. Those are good ideas. And, and it was, important for me to let you know that you know you are one of those people 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you are one of the people that the people you think <laughs> have the answers are going to be looking to you for the answers. Mm. And it's hard to believe that when you're a 29, you know, when we had this conversation, but you know, it was clear, it was clear as, as day to me, you know? Um, and, uh, and I still think it is. And it's true is because when people get to a place where they're like, I don't know, they ask the people that do, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they ask the people that have asked the tough questions. They ask the people that have gone through dark nights of the soul that have gone to the tops of Tibetan mountains that have mm-hmm. done these things and are like, wonder what they have to say about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you are one of those people, no doubt, no question, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um, I'm glad you took that and ran with it because if you would have just mimicked what other great people said, the world would miss a great voice in mm. your so yeah man i mean i'm still learning to breathe that that in for sure but i appreciate all those words like anybody anybody i'm sure somebody on youtube or the podcast can relate like when somebody's affirming you <laughs> breathing that in it's like yeah I'm, I'm, i feel that i'm i'm learning that you know and uh but it's, it's, still, it's hard a process. Because <laughs> so many people today try and grab other authority and say, Hey, look at me. I have this degree or I have that degree or I've done this, that, and the other. So then believe me, you know, which is fine. But at the same time, like to artificially inflate authority only works for a small period of time, because at the end of the day, you're going to be faced with questions that that inflated authority will not be able to offer, you know? And like I always tell you, you've done the hard work to where when you get to And when people get to places where they're like, hey, I don't give a crap about titles, blah, blah, blah. I need wisdom. They're going to look to people who have done the hard work, you know, Mm -hmm. and regardless of whatever authority they can inflate, they're going to look to people who know something deep in their soul because they've gone through hard times. And that's the person that you are. And that's the healing voice that you offer people and will continue to offer people. And it's so hard because, again, you know, it's easy to get caught up into who has this authority, who has these voices, who has this wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. and people try and draft like in a bike race off of other people's authority and draft off other people's wisdom and their work. But, you know, it ends and those people get found out mm-hmm. and you'll never get found out because you've already done the hard work. Thanks, buddy. I mean it. Thanks, yeah. You see why I'm friends with this guy for a long, long time. I really, I, that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing to continue to believe that continue to step into that. And um, yeah, dude, appreciate that. All right. Transitioning out of friendship land. Thanks for dropping into that zone with us. As you can see, we're both quite thankful. For this friendship we've grown together and it has been a courageous journey for both of us to say yes to it to be faithful to it to um show up consistently for it so um yeah here's to you as you as you discern what friendships are working what friendships are have hit their you know time time over you know where you're like ah, i kind of want to go this direction and this person is not doesn't feel that at all Um, so power to you as you discern what friendships are serving you, what friendships are supporting you. And, um, 
Yeah, I think, uh, well, I heard safety. I heard joy, right? I heard safety and laughter as being two important values. Um, I heard both of us feel incredibly like gratitude. I heard gratitude. You know, you want to feel that from one another, right? In those friendships. Um, those are a few pieces just to consider as you're sorting through friendships. Um, but yeah, we'll transition now. Um, Scott, I got just a couple questions that uh, we'll dive into and then, uh, and then we'll make a third, third transition after that. But um, yeah, man, what, what currently it's been a, it's been a freaking hard, challenging last couple of years for so many humans, um, each of us included, right? All, you know, anybody who's listening, um, some people have been completely, lives have been turned upside down. Some lives have <laughs> improved and gotten better. Right. And then anyway, lots of different stories. What is giving you hope, right? After coming out of, I mean, after coming out of a challenging two years, like what's providing you hope like in life right now? What's, uh, yeah. Giving you hope for the future that, um, that, that we're going to keep doing better and keep improving as a, as a country, as a world, as a species, right? I mean, shoot, at the end of the day, what are, what are we, what are us humans going to, going to choose? Right. So what, yeah. What's giving you hope right now? Um, yeah, it's hard because they're, it's easy to get cynical and I'm as cynical as they come, you know, with, with people and, and to see things and, and to just be like, man, I cannot believe this is going, is, is being excused or this is, this is an okay way to live life or this is an okay way for people to, to conduct themselves and, um, or, or just certain ideas that are being presented as, as, as good or, you know, yeah, true. Um, it's hard because I do get cynical, but I think at the bottom you know, the bottom line at the end of the day is that people do want to survive. They want to survive. And we see that over and over again. And when you can't thrive, you survive. And after you survive, you start to thrive, you know, and regardless of what you say about our species as the human race, we've survived through a lot of times where we probably shouldn't have, and we will survive this one, you know, and we will again start to thrive, you know, and like you said, some people, it's been easier to thrive in these situations, you know, when the circumstances are for, you know, meet, you know, meet their um, specific talents and, and strengths. But I think as a population, as a country, as a, you know, as a people, we're going to survive it and we're going to start thriving again. And that's one constant that I've seen every single cycle through through something that's been deleterious to the human race or to a particular community or population is that when you survive you start to thrive you know mm-hmm. you learn lessons and the next time's easier yeah yeah Ooh. yeah real right even just on an individual level as you said that there at the end right where it's like sometimes it's during the dark times it's like it's merely about survival mm-hmm. and then once you get you get get out of that then maybe thriving becomes a it's easy yeah it's sorry to cut you off no no I go gonna, i was gonna say it's easy it, it is easy to get cynical to be like ah you know 
everyone's fighting and, and blah, blah, blah. And they're at each other's throats and this kind of stuff. But if you look underneath the surface of what a lot of it is, is people are saying, no, this is the way that we start thriving again. No, this is the way we start thriving again. No, this is the way, you know, and if you look past the political BS or, or some, you know, agendas and that kind of thing, like if you really look at what a lot of people are saying about how we move forward, it's guys, let's thrive together this way, you know, and whether it's, we got to get rid of the pandemic through a vaccine, whether we got get rid of the pandemic through immunity, whether we get through it, you know, economically, blah, blah, blah. The ideas are let's start thriving again. Mm-hmm. And that is a theme that is undeniably consistent through all of the news sources and the, and the, and the spectrum of voices that I'm hearing, mm-hmm. you know, from every angle is let's start thriving again this way. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be a time of consensus, you know, to where we stop fooling around with, you know, trying to get our own agenda across and say, yeah, let's start thriving again together. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great, mm-hmm. you know, and, <clears throat> you know, not to get political, but I think there was a, a moment of, of, of hope, you know, to be really cheesy when, when Obama gave his inauguration speech, we're like, okay, let's start thriving again. And there was a sort of Pax Americana a little bit for a couple of years. You know, a lot of people hated his policies, but they were less angry towards each other. They were less, you know, harsh towards each other. I'm talking like 2009 through 2012. Maybe it was just my, what was going on in my life. But it started, the economic recovery started to take over. People started, you know, new businesses and the middle class started growing again. And, and it calmed down from the very like clashing of, we shouldn't be at war and this is causing this and we're, you know, the housing market and these bastards on Wall Street and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this sort of Pax Americana time to where there was a deep breath, you know, a sort of lull in the waves crashing against us, you know, and again, not politically, I'm just saying that particular moment in time, and it could have been just me, but I feel like that particular uh, era was really good, good healing, you know, mm-hmm. and then obviously agendas take over and blah, 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 and it gets yeah. back in the air, yeah. but there will be another time like that. I'm yeah. not saying it's coming from the right, left, center, yeah, politician, whomever, right. but I think because people want to thrive, and the, and the singular desire of the human race is to survive and thrive. I think there'll be another time like that mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. You know, very soon. And, mm. and it'll be great. Awesome. Awesome. That gives me hope hearing you, hearing you share that. Definitely. And yeah. it's because it's happened for, you know, I mean, after, if you, if you look at world war one, everyone comes back and then there's this time period where growth, and rebirth and you know a new time of of around the world you know not everywhere in the world but around the world Mm -hmm. you know of people saying like look let's never let that happen again and we had a new appreciation for what humanity was Mm -hmm. and we saw the depths of what it could be and we're like no not again Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and like i said not a political speech just a speech of that when you know there's a fire there's almost always rebirth regrowth mm-hmm. you know 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's about to happen again. Mm. Love it. Love it. It's, you know, I, uh, I said to Sarah the other day, I said, I think there's, um, I literally feel like 99% of humans are so kind. <laughs> like I just literally like when I'm out and about interacting, just, you know, at a coffee shop or out on a jog or whatever, like, I'm just in like amazed, amazed at how kind people are that are out and about like, and, and yet you get on your phone and quickly think everybody's pieces of crap. <laughs> you know, you literally in, in like in 10 minutes, you literally have decided the country is going into the, you know, going into the trash can. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And we'll talk about that more in a little while, but, but definitely, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I do believe there's so many good people. Um, and that takes me, and when I say, even just saying good people, that reminds me of something you said to me a long time ago, probably 18 years ago, you talked about one good thing or, you know, just this idea, this concept of one good thing and not that we have to go there, but I, will you share just briefly what that was? Because that's, as I'm thinking about good people, right? So many good people, not just wanting to survive, but then, then return to thriving. Um, I loved that idea that you shared way back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it comes from, you know, being told over and over again, hey, you're supposed to value this, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to have this, that and the other as your priority on your priority list, you know, and, and it gets uh, it, uh, compacted and, and sometimes you start to feel like everyone's just telling you what to do. And I'm like, regardless of who it is, what it is people have at least one good thing that they care about that's authentic to them, that's true about who they are at their soul, at their core, at their marrow level. Um, and then if you just dedicated a small portion of your time, you know, and some, some of your resources to, to making that, you know, more of a reality, then you would feel better and the world would be better. You know, it's so simple that it's, I often think of it as like, you know, people, uh, my, my cousin, she helps other people adopt dogs who have disabilities, you know, now that's her job, but at the same time, there's a lot of volunteerism that goes into making that happen, you know, and it's like, hey, if you spend four hours out of 168, you know, you still get 164 to do whatever else you want, but if you spent four hours of the 168 helping and volunteering and, and, or dedicating an amount of resources to, to connecting people who have disabilities with, with an animal or a pet, um, you know, you're going to feel better and the world's going to be better. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those simple things to where it's almost too simple. It seems obvious, you know, mm-hmm. but there's at least one good thing that we all have at our marrow level that if we dedicated and consciously and specifically strategically put effort toward, um, you know, would make things, you know, would, would, would make things better, make our weeks better, make mm-hmm. our lives better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah i love that i love that and i think it also like for me it relax like it takes away some silly story uh that feels overwhelming right when you because when you get on the news right you get on the news you read all these different things and then you're like oh there's 27 different crappy things going on yeah <laughs> what do i where where can i show up but i love the one good thing piece and the unique this unique piece because it's like each of us gets to show up where we, where our gifts 
and our talents, right? And our you can pick it. And that's the thing. Right, it's right. like this is something outside of every other obligation that you have in life. So you have a hundred obligations. This is a hundred and first. You know, like this is outside any other family, relational, you know, work, blah, blah, blah. And like outside of any obligations that you have, there's one thing that it's just for you, you know, mm-hmm. just for your own benevolence, um, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be the same all the time. It can be different, you know, mm-hmm. but, but that was the idea is that to take away all obligation or expectation and just say, this is actually one thing that I would do with time if I had it. Yeah. And we all do, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's one thing I would do with an extra, an extra 20 bucks we have, and we all do, you know, yeah. Yeah. or whatever, you know, and insert your own amounts there. And it's outside of all obligation and expectation. It's just something that you would do. And it, and it sort of can reconnects you with the humanity mm-hmm. of yourself, you know, to be like, yeah, I mean, I'm not just a cog in a machine or I'm not just what I'm supposed to be according to these people. This is just me, mm-hmm. you know, and it, this is the authentic version of me for a little bit, a little slice mm-hmm. of, of our time here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the idea. It hasn't been really thought through. That no, way. but I, yeah, no, I, I just. I love it. I love it. I, that, that stuck with me, continues to stick with me. It continues to be something I'm sharing that I find myself sharing with other people, you know. Um, yeah, just to to hone in, you know, allow yourself to hone in, like <laughs> you know, versus like feeling like you gotta take on all 27 things, you know, it's like, just hone in, hone yeah. in on your, on your zone, on the zone that fill, you know, fills you up the zone that maybe, I mean, for me, it's like the zones that make me feel most sad or feel, you know, like <laughs> those are the zones, right? Those are the zones that it's like, just, like that's that's okay like go do that that mm. brings you life that brings you alive like yeah you don't have to do the other 26 like that one that one is actually sufficient enough and uh making a difference you know and if you fail at it it's extra yeah you know yep. it's like so you don't get whipped cream on your uh mocha you still right. get a mocha right. you know it's like one of those things where it's like the expectation the obligation and the it should just just drip away Yep. be like, you know what, this is just because I'm me and I like it and I want to see it happen more. Yeah. See these people experience it more. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's the only agenda there. Yeah. yeah. And it could be as small as one thing or, you know, whatever. So that was the idea. I love it. All right, Scott, we're going to transition. Let's transition to the next, uh, next question. And yeah. So I said earlier, you've read a few books. Like, what, yeah, as you think back on the books you've read, um, or, or if there's an author that you've really resonated with, a movie, an artist, a musician, yeah, um, has there been one or two that have stuck out to you that you've like connected with big time? Um, could be their, their words, could be their lyrics, could be the way they create music, could be the way they write. Yeah. Anyway, just kind of curious on that front, on that front. Um, yeah. And like, what, what do you, re- like, what do you remember? What do you appreciate about um, whoever that is? If there's one or if there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day about all the books I read 
because my mom was a third grade teacher, elementary school teacher. So I got to read all those scholastic books, you know, but I read all of them. I mean, now I saw them and, you know, your parents were teachers too, you know, and, and I was like, there was so much wisdom in some of these books, you know, that these amazing authors and writers dedicated their lives to, to writing these very um, simple, but profound, you know, uh, stories about animals and, you know, or, or kids or, you know, whatever, but so easy to understand. And I think that in my mind, <clears throat> I make things way more complicated than they need to be, but also less complicated than I think they should be. So it's like this paradox of where I'm like, this is super complicated, you know, and I could go off on, you know, some of the complicated ideas that I've, that I've had over the years, but at the same time, they're, 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 there's a, a set, and I keep coming back to it, a set of values and a set of principles or ideals, or ideas that, that are so ubiquitous and they, they span so you know, far across every culture that it's like, yeah, these things are just paramount, you know, like they're there, they don't go away. They're like soil, you know, it's how things are enriched and grow. And we don't realize a lot of times how <clears throat> much we're impacted by them when we're like, when I was a kid, I didn't realize I was reading some of the classics, you know, or some of the great books of, of history, you know, but mm -hmm. at the same time, just like um, I was watching a movie, it's called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's a Coen Brothers movie, but it's about the Odyssey. And just, just, man, some of the principles in that book, and it's just um, every you know, high school kid probably is rather college kid about the Odyssey. Yeah. You know, some as simple as that book, just like journeys, you know, I mean, I think how many books are about journeys, uh, start, finish, you know, <laughs> along the way, hardships. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, an idea that resonates every culture, every possible, you know, person alive has a, a journey and, and sometimes it gets so trite that we hate saying oh what's your journey like you know but it's true and you you know read books like the odyssey or the alchemist or you know any you know book like that where you you see someone who goes on this long journey or or <laughs> or even don quixote who goes on this journey and he's outside of his mind you know the whole time and you know it's but it's but we love the concepts of following these characters and who they meet along the way and why they decide to do what they do and how they express their values through the decisions they make at different forks on the road and things like that so i think that's you know one of those things where you know all the books that i read when i was a kid <clears throat> and some of the classics that are just is just appreciating how much journeys really do um, solidify who we are and what we believe, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. And embrace and almost like reminders to be with all of it, right? To be to breathe with all of it, to be with all of it. You know, I, I don't know when you watch, like when, when I watch a show, watch a movie or whatever, you know, and you watch this character go through all this different, these different pieces or, oh my gosh, when, when you hear other people, like 
whether it's a true story based on a true story or some fictitious story, you're like, I know that's happened. Yeah. That has happened. Like that is happening right now, you know, in somebody's life or in my life, right? You'll read, you'll read something and you're like, oh my gosh, this feels like they're talking about me, you know? Well, and it's like, and it's so fun. It's like, well, who are they going to meet next? Or when they met that person, why, you know, why did they choose to do that? Or when they took this, you know, way and went instead of going that way, like, well, you know, and it, it just demonstrates who we are, what we believe, you know, and sort of the, 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 the things that are so important to us over and over again in a real way, because you can't stay stagnant. You have to keep moving, you know? So, um, so that's what I would say is answer that question. And then in terms of like getting super heady, um, you know, I mean, I love philosophy. I love studying the classics and Immanuel Kant. I mean, he's my favorite thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, it's, I'll just say, yeah, I mean, he really has shaped the way that I come to understand what I believe mm-hmm. because, and I don't think it's appreciated enough um, to know why we believe what we believe at the marrow, at the core level, at the epistemological level, you know, mm-hmm. to like, why is this true? Where, how do I say this is, this is not, you know, <laughs> and how do I work that out in a way that's so ridiculously simple, but yet so ridiculously profound that when we skip that part, you know, and we just get into, hey, I'm going to start making a bunch of decisions and we skip, you know, the, the underlying undergirding philosophical concepts that have created those, uh, you know, that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Manuel Kant, I mean, he's, I understand maybe 1% of what he says and yeah. what he said and, and, you know, and I've studied him pretty thoroughly, but, you know, he, he's definitely made a big big impact and he only traveled 20 miles from where he lived i mean he's staying in the same city just sat in the basement and responded to other philosophers of the time and in the past and that's all he did which i resonate with because there are times i just want to do that you know and and, and I, wish I could do that and just stay in my head and, and stay thinking but um you know just just you know why do i believe what i believe what's true what's real what's out there what's inside here you know some of those things, his moral writings on, you know, how should we act towards other people? Um, you know, his, his famous categorical imperative, those things are, are, you know, I, I just, that's what has, has really shaped, shaped me a lot. Awesome. I, I've not dove into any Immanuel Kant, but uh, if, you, if you're only understanding 1%, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I should. You have to give me the the lightest of the reading, <laughs> the lightest of his work. Uh, you have to pass. pass I'm not advocating books. reading it, yet, but I'm just saying you asked me, so that's the oh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay, let's let's uh, transition now into something I'm so excited um, excited about for you that you that you're choosing right now and um this is a launch of a business and i am i just want to pass the mic to you but i i'm just very enthusiastic and pumped about about your your decision to launch this business um ethos and 
just, yeah, I want to hear, hear kind of where it came from. You know, I, um, as we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, hearing, hearing you talk about it, it just pumped me up um, and mm-hmm. kind of gave me, gave me perspective on <laughs> just the, the online organism that uh, most of us are a part of or locked dialed into on a regular basis. And just kind of want to hear you. Yeah. Hear you share about this vision, this business that you're launching and, and kind of what, what initiated, like where you were like light bulbs went on, like, Hey, game time, let's do this. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, and it's, at its core, it's a digital marketing company. So ethos digital advertising, it's, um, you know, really no different than a lot of other digital advertising companies that, that exist. Um, I got into marketing and advertising out of necessity when I, um, apostated from the <laughs> church with no skill, no discernible talents other than, you know, <laughs> being able to write 20 page papers, you know, and uh, having to get into business and, I somehow found my way into digital advertising in uh, 2009 when it was sort of burgeoning. Like that was right when Twitter uh, came about and um, Facebook was sort of moving away from just, uh, <clears throat> you know, something you, you did with your college friends or whatever into an af- actual advertising platform, you know, and then from there it just exploded. Google ads were, I think it's like a $6 billion industry. Now it's, you know, hundreds of billions, um, you know, so, so I've seen sort of from the inception, not the, not the inception, but a pretty close start to from of digital advertising up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the iterations over and some of the decisions these companies have made, um, you know, to, to, to get to where we are. And it's, it's such a powerful mechanism of control and of, of influence in our in our lives that we don't have a strong enough appreciation of it, you know, of how Google and Facebook and other digital companies, big tech companies really do have really hacked our brain, you know, Um, and from anything to, Hey, where's the nearest pizza hut to, you know, what's, you know, what's the meaning of life, (laughs) you know, all of these types of things, you know, how much data they collect on us, what, you know, what we're, what we're telling, you know, to whom and, you know, what, what's being collected and stored and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can go down about a million rabbit holes, but I think the biggest thing for me was when I started seeing a shift from, hey, tell me about your life or how do I find the cheapest pizza restaurant or the best dentist to, you know, here's what's true and here's what's false about some of these, you know, lesser uh, tangible ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, what is news and what is opinion? What is uh, my vacation and what is my vacation from the lens of my, (laughs) the end of my iPhone to what I want you to see, you know, what, (laughs) and so it was, it became less about just an authentic way to express a mirror of what was happening in reality to the internet to, Hey, let's have a particular purpose strategy and agenda with how we're going to um, manipulate, you know, the perspective of, of other people from this angle, you know, 
So <clears throat> um, that's kind of what, you know, what really drove me into say, you know, I know digital advertising, like the back of my hand, I, I know how to grow, you know, your business, if you want to do type, you know, whatever types of ads, LinkedIn, you know, AdWords, SEO, blah, 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 insert digital marketing buzzword there um, to, hey, let's start thinking about how we can use the power of these tech giants to sort of take back some of the manipulation that we've, um, you know, been under for, for, for a while. So mm -hmm. um, I think it came to a head <clears throat> when Frances Haugen, um, who used to work at Facebook and she worked at a couple other big tech companies, she had taken whistleblower status and came out with a, a, a bunch of documents from, I guess, Meta now, but Facebook at the time, um, you know, of, of some of the research, the internal research and documents they had about what they had been doing and how they had been creating this, this reality that we all saw and we all were experiencing of why am I so mad at my Facebook, you know, or why am I so angry at Instagram or why am I, this feels it changed and it shifted from, Hey, I wonder what Aaron's up to, to man, freaking Aaron is freaking Facebook posts, freaking blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just using you. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, or, or it's like, man, my, I don't even want to go to Thanksgiving because what's happening on, you know, my uncle is posting this about that or, you know, and it was, it shifted from just, Hey, what's going on in people's lives just as it shifted from, hey, where's the nearest and cheapest pizza restaurant to, hey, if you're not, if you're choosing, you know, to go to Domino's instead of pizza, you're a bad person. You know, it's like, it really did shift a little bit to that feeling intuitively inside of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's gotta be a reason. It can't just be, you know, it, it can't just, just have happened like this on accident, you know? And so I'm like, let me investigate this a little more. And it turns out that I was, I was right. Mm -hmm. um, is that, that these big tech companies knew what they were doing and were doing it on purpose. We're doing it to make money and we're doing it because they had the technology through uh, AI to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a timeline <clears throat> in 2018, Zuckerberg and people at Facebook. And I mean, this is ubiquitous across YouTube and yeah. Um, Snapchat and, and all the, all the big players <clears throat> basically said, how do we get more engagement from people? Because the idea was if people are online, if people are looking at things, you know, on their screens, then we can sell them ads. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do that? Well, they created something called meaningful uh, social interactions. And the idea there was that if they could create a sense of, of ownership from, you know, the person who was using their platform, then the person would want to stay on the platform as long as possible. And while they were on there, Facebook could charge and these companies could charge cops of money um, to advertisers who wanted to tell you why you should be on there, you know, or, or what their product was while you were on there. Uh -huh. So in 2018, they make a shift from, and you probably saw it from like, Hey, here's a timeline of all the stuff that's going on with the 500 friends or whatever that I have uh -huh. friends or the people in my thing to, wow, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff from the same person over and over again. It's weird, you know, or I'm getting a lot of the same articles shown to me, um, 
about the same topics you know it's like it's weird it's like why i'm not subscribed to any of these groups i'm not like you know uh, intentionally like asking for this but it started to happen to where we these tech companies were siloing off uh what we were telling it we liked and so these meaningful social interactions like share reaction um things like that you know just the bottom buttons on on those kind of things comments you know <clears throat> they're like man if we can create a platform to where the angriest and most extreme of these social interactions are happening people are going to stay on our our platform as long as we want them to basically mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what happened mm-hmm. um that's what started it that's what started the whole kick the whole ball game off mm-hmm. um, and they're like but we can control it because we have artificial intelligence and you know we can control what fake news is and what real news is and we can control you know what yeah. people are saying and you know people are doxing other people then we can you know censor that we we've got this you know they put so much faith in their artificial intelligence to where they didn't scale up how um how angry people were going to get and how divisive it was going to get with how much they needed um, to have moderated. Mm. They tried to do it through AI and obviously it's not working. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the backstory to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell me, so, so for example, what does it end up? Does it end up that um, we end up just being in these echo chambers where it's like, you know, I mean, just to be political. I'll give, I'll give you a really easy example. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an easy example to kind of understand it. Yeah. So in 2019, videos about flat Earth were shown over 100 million times on YouTube. Okay. And you're like, it couldn't have been 100 million people wanting to see, you know, videos about a flat Earth. This Maybe is, there's a flat Earth. Yeah. 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 So I mean, and, and it's this is again a silly extreme, which gets serious for other reasons later, you know. And so how did that happen? Well, it's that the algorithms, the what they call the <clears throat> um, engagement-based ranking or engagement-based algorithms or, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they started seeing that there was a lot of interest in this one topic. And so it kept telling uh, YouTube's curation algorithm, this engagement-based ranking system, kept saying, hey, show more about Flat Earth, show more about Flat Earth until you would watch a video you know, about something else. And, you know, let's say you watch, let's say you watch a video about, you know, history, just an innocuous history time period, Mm -hmm. you know, the French revolution, whatever Mm -hmm. it would say, Oh, interest in history. Okay. That's okay. I see it. And then this is the algorithm thinking, all right, interest in history. What other person have they, Oh, uh, interest in, you know, uh, geology through, you know, you look to search for, you know, uh, trips to the Grand Canyon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it would take all these seemingly meaningless data points mm-hmm. and say, oh, okay, combine that with how strongly, you know, they thought people were interested in flat earth and would start popping up recommendations for the flat earth videos to people. And, and people were like, what? You know, and then immediately from there, it went into like conspiracy theories and blah, 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 and blah. And it just it went down this crazy road. Mm-hmm. Similar thing happened with, with girls who <clears throat> were interested in new dieting and um, 
uh, or or just getting in shape or or whatever, they started seeing within two to three video recommendations they were getting, um, you know, videos recommended to them about anorexia, you know, and they're like, how is this happening? It can't be this quick mm-hmm. to where you go from, hey, what are some dieting tips or what is healthy alternatives to eating fast food to, hey, here's, you know, strategies to, for binging and purging, you know? And so it's one of those things where they realized they had a problem when the algorithms were dramatically uh, taking data points that uh, human beings wouldn't associate and start recommending it based on that. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make more sense? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Well, and I, I obviously like, you know. Have, have over the last seven years, eight years, been growing, growing an online business and have noticed over the last three years that I find it to be more difficult to grow our business, you know? Um, and, you know, not that it's Google's fault or YouTube's fault or Facebook's fault or Instagram's, you know, meta, whatever. But I'm, but it is, as you're sharing about 2018, I mean, that literally was about the time where things started to shift in our business you know, where it was like the engagement that we would have gotten in 2016 on a post that I would have gotten on a post in 2016. If I post the same thing in 2019, it's not getting nearly the same traction and and connection to my community or to the community, my Facebook community, you know? Um, And so it was just like, or if I didn't post at the right time, like it doesn't go anywhere, you know? And then I'm like, holy moly, what is going on? Like, I just wrote this, like this heartfelt piece, you know, like we've talked about it, you know, it's like you write this, like spend an hour, an hour writing a piece. And then you're like, you post it and crickets and you're like, okay, well, I guess, uh, Scott's not following me anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I guess Andy's not following me anymore. You know, it's like, or they don't, or they they, they didn't think it was good. You know, then you think, then you start making up in your brain. People don't like what I'm putting at. People don't even like what I'm sharing anymore. I just need to stop, you know? Well, the expectation that we had had from these companies, I mean, you know, is that they would just show us the best or most recent or the most relevant to our actual lives as they could. And that was the goal is to mm-hmm. try and match what, you know, a, uh, you know, Aaron's my friend and we have a close friendship and I'm, you know, like his stuff and, you know, we talk a lot. So, I'm just naturally going to see a chronological when he posts something, the next time I pop on, I'll see it Same. You know, yep. to, yep. Hey, instead, let me, as these Facebook algorithms and these big tech algorithms were not just how can we match who, you know, we, what we think will, is going to mirror your life, mm-hmm. but what our agenda is for you, which is to stay on the screen, to stay yeah. on your phone, to stay disconnected to stay angry, to stay engaged, to stay upset, you know? Mm-hmm. So the more extreme content got jacked way up and they started doing all spectrum, it. All sides all of the spectrum. spectrum. And it yeah. didn't matter. And people were like, well, you know, is it right or left or whatever? It was extreme. It's extreme stuff. Yeah. So kind of the way that it worked is that if somebody posts something about, let's say somebody posts something about an anti-vax, well, they know that all the anti-vax people are going to come to support that person and all the people that are 
Vax people are going to argue against them. And Facebook's laughing all the way to the bank because they don't care. Their yeah. agenda isn't the topic. Their agenda isn't the content. Their agenda is people arguing and being divisive so that they keep them on their platform selling them ads the whole time. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's the, the dirty little secret about these engagement based ranking systems from YouTube to Facebook to Instagram to whatever is it it's not about the content you know it's not about what is being said it's about the about the effect it has emotionally on people you know and they did it from the producer the people producing the content they would just say like who's really firing people up now let's jack their, that person way up and so they'd they'd inflate numbers you know, you know, for example, an Alex Jones, they would inflate his numbers way up so that it would be seen by tons of people because they knew both right, left, center, sane, insane people were going to, we're all going to want to know what the other sane, insane, blah, 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 people were talking about. And it wasn't about the content at all. It was about this experience or this experience, you know, or whatever iPad. I mean, it was just about eyeballs to screens, looking at things, manipulating emotionally so that they could show you what ads were near you, you know? And it's funny because around 2018, 2019 is when they started, Google really started getting into the targeted ad stuff to where it's like, man, I went to a website for, you know, a Dell computer and I, and I got like nine Dell computer ads in my freaking Facebook. How did that happen? People were like, the government is following. It's a lot simpler explanation than that. It's that because they knew, you know, if you were interested in it, one part of the internet, you know, searching on it on free time or searching on it at work, you'd be interested in it in another time, you know, and then it became not just, okay, he's interested in Dell computers, became he's interested in computers. From it became interested, so a show, you know, Dell, Acer, Mac, whatever, you know, to always oh, interested in technology stuff. So then it's like, well, what about headphones? What about this? What about that? And so it was just one of those things to where now, because of some of the settings you can apply to these ads or to, to you know, that advertisers know about, you know, it can basically say, hey, create me an audience where everyone under the sun who might be interested in technology is going to see this, you know, or create me an audience everyone under the sun who's, who's interested in, you know, politics is going to be interested in this or blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the, the game is asymmetric yeah. is that, is that these companies know this much about us and we think they know this much about us, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and they've used, everything we've willingly given them like our name date of birth interests likes dislikes you know like everything you're not supposed to say on a first date we've given them all that and more <laughs> way more, you know, way more. Every, every location that i've been on with this phone they know where it is you know and they start targeting it's like you pull into a new state it's like hey you're into a new time zone it's like okay chrome how did you know that <laughs> like interesting <laughs> And it's not conspiracy because it's the answer is simple. It's money. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's this extra third party of control mind sucking alien race or some political, you know, <laughs> ideology that's driving all this. 
It's that the more they know about you, the more targeted and more unique you can feel. And they know that um, the more money they can make. Yeah. And, the more, and the more you stay on these platforms, um, the more advertising they can sell to you. And the more targeted that advertising is, the more likely you're going to buy it, which is going to keep the advertisers coming back to say, here, take more of our money. Yeah. Please, because you're doing a great job. You know, yeah. it's like wow. it's the difference between uh, it's the difference between a Super Bowl commercial and an ad that says, "Hey, Scott, we noticed you're interested in Dell computers." Like, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I might be a computer based on some you know research methodology that that Dell put into people that watch the Super Bowl are often interested in technology. To hey, I know you're interested in this because you bought one two days ago at three o'clock using this credit card. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it's like really, it's really creepy. But if you apply that to, you know, some of the things that we don't want these companies knowing about us, you know, and we would like to see a variety of ideas instead of just siloed off into, you know, some of these very uh, angry communities, it's hard to get out of that, mm -hmm. you know? So to answer the original question, what was ethos digital advertising really about? It's taking the wisdom of, <clears throat> you know, 13 years of digital marketing, mm -hmm. knowing how to do it, applying mm -hmm. it, and then working with companies to both do it, to grow their business, but also doing it in an ethical way that, that takes some of the power away from these engagement-based ranking systems to, hey, let's, <laughs> let's think about not only what we're advertising, how we're advertising it, but the way that we're doing it. And there's a lot of settings you can turn on and off. There's a lot of things on the back end that you can you can utilize mm -hmm. to make sure that the people that you know aren't getting inundated over and over and over again, you know, with 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 this material, and you're not using and sort of when I was using that example earlier, drafting off the authority of other mm -hmm. other people, yeah. drafting off of the I don't want to say wickedness, but the um, um, the questionable moral choices some of these big tech, tech companies have made over the years. We're not drafting off of that and using that for our own monetary gain. I mean, obviously a little bit you have to because they're mm -hmm. big players and what are you going to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's taking those principles, taking those ideas and then saying like, how do, how do I advertise my company on a digital platform and through all the digital platforms without falling prey to um, and using sort of the, the questionable moral choices they've made and, and profiting off of that, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. So important, man. So important. I mean, I know that I, you know, just personally, I'm, I'm excited to work with you here in the coming years, just ethos and in, in general, just because of, I, I've found myself overwhelmed, especially the last few years, just like feeling like, all right, uh, you know, like, oh, that didn't work. Oh, that didn't work. That didn't work, you know, and feeling perplexed and annoyed um, by like, how, how do I advertise? How do you know, I, I believe in the products that I'm sharing. I believe in the podcast that I'm creating. And yet every time I type, you know, literally I, I did a live video. Anytime I have essential oils in my like tagline, it's like, doesn't go anywhere. You know, it's almost like there's like, like this, 
the warning signs are going off and it's getting blocked, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how, how that's happening, but you know, and then, so I did a live video yesterday and instead of saying essential oils, I said, chatting about plants and it did so much better. Just writing <laughs> plants. I was like, oh, <laughs> I figured it out. Just say plants. <laughs> Stop saying essential oils. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway, it just feels very confusing. I think for most of us. Mm. Well, it's, how to it's, navigate. You, you, you almost have to know how to, I was talking to somebody else about it the other day. It's like, you, you have to know how to talk to algorithms and people. <laughs> and you have to know when you're talking to an algorithm and when you're talking to a person because it's like common sense of course plants yeah essential oils come from plants and yeah that's obvious but algorithms don't know that they just know that's a buzzword or a buzz phrase that when people type in there's you know could could be some baggage with that word so they're like suppress it or it could be another word where they're like oh yeah jack that way up totally, totally. So, so if you don't know which phrases are which and which does which you could have a great ad or a great post or a great, you know, um, uh, you know, video or something, and it never get any eyeballs or it get way too much emphasis mm -hmm. and not realizing the impact of that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's so much harder now to navigate the algorithm, um, the algorithms of these companies just on, on, on your own, on people, you know, on companies own when they don't understand the back end, you know, mm -hmm. they don't understand sort of the, the impact of it. And then just at the same time, like banding together as a, as a culture and saying like, Hey, we, we don't have to take this uh, idea that the most hateful stuff should get jacked up to the top and the most reactionary stuff should be what we talk about the most. We don't yeah. have to take that. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can fight back because, you know, fight back with our dollars, fight back with our, our advertising, you know, methodology yeah. and saying like, Hey, you guys need to listen to us mm -hmm. instead of us listening to you and that asymmetry of power, however I had it, you know, to where we're down here and they know so much about us. We mm -hmm. need to even the game a little bit and start knowing more about them and saying, yeah, it's not, it's not just going to be a, you know, you to us type yeah. of relationship because yeah. they do need us as much as we need them that's the idea um and and the company that i'm starting is just to, to really help people navigate those waters yeah you know and and teach teach them that you know if they want to do it themselves that's one way mm -hmm. you know but also to to be there to to do that you know for for companies and that kind of thing so because you're right. I mean, everyone needs advertising. Everyone believes in what they're selling, you know, mm -hmm. want to do it in a way that's, you know, both ethical and going to get the best, you know, get the best return on investment. And I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive and they shouldn't be. Yeah. You no, know, shouldn't have to sell our soul in order to sell our products. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. It's like, yeah. How do, how can I sell my product without using fear. You know, like, that's been something I've been like, I do not want to scare people into using essential oils. There's probably, there's a bunch of things that I could be saying to try to make, you know, yeah. to feed on that fear. Right. But I'm just like, no, I just want to keep telling about what, what I'm using them for, how they, you know, like 
I don't want to use fear, you know, like, and again, how it's so fascinating. I appreciate you sharing um, some of the backstory just on since 2018, because I think a lot of us, the last two years, right? As AI has gotten stronger and better and faster and all the things, right? Learning more and more and more, gathering data all the time about us. It's felt like it's gotten, it's increased the feeling of division. Like I knew I didn't agree with everybody in 2016 or 2018, you know, like 2012, like I knew not everybody's on the same page with me, (laughs) you know, it's culture, socially, politically, et cetera. You know, like I know that. And also it's felt like super amped up. Obviously I'm sure our screen time has gone up, but at the same time, like just the data collection and then the way in which like we've, like you were sharing what we're being fed is like, those people are insane. Those people are insane. They're insane, but these people are saying, you know, it's like, and you're just like, wait, what, how do I even process this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thankful that you're, you know, yeah, we, we need you right now during this time to help, help people, help businesses, um, find a way to navigate in a way that where not only is their ethical, their values, their, you know, their principles really important, and also ROI, return on investment, you know, and helping people find products that they actually need, you know, at the same, you know, like, yep. and they're, so I think it's huge. I'm yeah, so, I mean, I'm so excited for you and the people that are going to get to work with you. If you think about it, it's like, there was a point where email got so spammy that it, like, we're like, I don't want to open this email because I know it's just going to be spam. And I feel like that's, if we're not careful, that's where it's going to get with digital advertising to where it just seems so spammy or so fear driven or so like extreme or so outside of just, Hey, you know, I'm good at this service that I offer, or I have this that I sell, or I, I partner with people to sell. We're going to get to a point where people are just going to tune us out, you know, and, and that's not what we want for sure. And, and we want to make sure that if there's something that you offer to people and that they get a benefit of, and that you obviously are creating your livelihood on, that's what the sweet spot, you know, to where it's like, Hey, I'm not trying to do you wrong. I'm trying to offer you a fair market price for a fair market service or a fair market product. I just want to let you know about it. That's the idea. And I don't want to have to use these morally questionable tools in order to, to get it, you know, to get at, people and manipulate them and trick them, you know, just, I just want to, just want everyone to come out in, in, in the wash with what they want, a good deal, you know, and something that they actually do need or want or desire, you know, even sometimes buy things that we don't necessarily need, but whatever, you know, and, and it's just trying to match what people, you know, uh, are, are looking for with what people are offering. And not having to, like I said, not having to sell your soul to sell your service or sell your product. And that's what it's it's really about. Um, And the other stuff, the back end of it is just kind of the history to to demonstrate that it's not an accident that it's happening now. And it's not an accident that (laughs) the, the way that we feel about our social media experiences or even our news, you know, experience feels so divisive. It's on purpose, intentional, and it was for money. (laughs) so there should be some anger 
because they knew before they did it what it was going to do. And they still did it. And there were so many times along the way they could have stopped doing it and they chose not to. Just just alter it slightly. Slow the, slow the platform down. Instead of just clicking reshare, having to go to the article first, spend time on the site, and then repost a link. Things like that. Simple things could have slowed it down to where you're not just sharing, resharing, and blah, 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 all this hate. <clears throat> and they chose not to do that because they knew it would slow the growth down. So Whoosh. Frustrate, frustrating stuff, but at the same time, you know, knowledge is, is, is the power that I think will help get, get us to a better, to a better end. Totally. Totally. Yeah. man, I appreciate you sharing all this. So excited for your business launch and um, excited for people to connect with you. Um, yeah. And work with you really excited. Um, Cause man, it, I mean, as just even hearing you share about that, it's like, Oh, i I think what, honestly, so I felt so, so much division, right? So much division, so much division the last two years. And it's just like, even just you sharing it, like calms me, mm-hmm. actually calms me because I know that it's, I've been sold it. I've been, it's not like, it's a percentage real. I mean, there is difference of opinion sure. in America. Shocker. Yeah, you know, sure. like that's real. And also psychologically we have been like it for money for money it's been about keeping us on the device for at, so that advertisers can pump more money into selling us the things right all the things selling and, and, us and, the opinion is not truth i think yeah. that's something we have something that if i could say anything to end it it would be yeah. amplification is not truth. just because something is amplified 20x or whatever doesn't mean it's true yeah you know because you don't know why and the purpose behind that amplification from, from that particular platform or from, or what that person is doing to amplify it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often like, why is this so, you know, being pushed out there by this, that, and the other news organization. It's like, well, they have an agenda with that, but that doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because there's 10 articles about something versus one article about something doesn't mean the 10 are true and the one is false. Right. You know, Right. And, and if we can remember that just because it feels like that person is amplifying hate doesn't mean that that hate is actually really how they feel. Mm-hmm. They're maybe amplifying it and it's being amplified, but that doesn't mean that's actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's countless, countless stories of people who are like, I said something and then it spun out of control to where people thought I was, you know, hated them or hated this, or I was against this, you know, thing. And they're like, I lost control of it after I said it because the churning of these algorithms went to work and the churning of these people who wanted to amplify it for their own particular gain went to work. And if you actually talk to that person, they'd be like, that's not what I meant. I wish I could have said it differently, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and please don't think that about me, you know? Yeah there are hundreds of these stories, you know, probably more than that, you know, to where, where it got really, really out of control. And, and at that point it's, it's sort of like in, in the system Mm -hmm. Uh, and it shouldn't be that way because honestly our online lives should mirror our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, like why not take a couple bad photos along with a couple good photos, right? It's like, Hey, I was there. We were in front of it. I took, you know, 
I took 17 photos. There were three that were bad. Post a couple of those, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, but that, it just doesn't. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so we think everyone's vacation was perfect. I think everyone's opinion is, you know, they have the monopoly on wisdom. And we think everything that's amplified is true. Right. Right. So it needs to end. Yep needs to be addressed and and you're taking a step man taking a step to help people fi- find a way to navigate and i think that's amazing um and we'll we'll be sure to have scott's contact information in the description on the youtube channel also on on the podcast so if you are ready to connect if you're if you're maybe a new entrepreneur maybe you've had a business that's been rocking for a long time and you're looking for new wisdom new new support um new guidance on how to, how to navigate through these times through, through how to market and also, you know, how to ha- experience great ROI and also honor your principles and honor your morals. Um, yeah. We'll make sure you have all of his contact details so you can reach out to him and, and b- book a call and, and just get, yeah, get to, get to talking with him. So, wow, dude. Yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really excited for you and excited for the folks that are going to be be working with you in the coming months and years. It's real. Yeah, it's it's needed. And um, yeah, dude, just really excited. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I want to close. I want to close the podcast with one final question. Um, So again, episode 31 of Our Healing Voices, hanging out with Scott Long. Amazing brother of mine, friend of mine, 29 years, and we've got many more to come. And I, yeah, closing question, um, maybe difficult to shift into this, but maybe not. No, I don't think so. Not for you. <laughs> not for you. So final question is room full of 20,000. They got their notebooks out. They're like, they've been listening to you throughout this, throughout your whole sharing today. Um, if you wanted to leave people with a couple pieces, whether it's about a life, life wisdom offering, um, a reminder, an encouraging word, whatever it is, uh, what are a couple pieces that you would just be like, you would want people to walk away with, chew on, consider um, as they uh, go back to their, their daily life? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one that, that we, we continuously come back to that I it's very difficult to, to remember. And it's very even harder to, to live out is that it's not about you. So many times don't know what that person's been through. Don't know what that person's going through at the moment. Don't know what their day was like. You don't know what their experiences have been like, where they're living, what's happening, what, what's going on emotionally. You don't know, you don't know, and you can't just assume you do, you know, and, talked about it to where it's perspective, you know, you watch and you look at a car crash and you see two cars coming at each other and you're like, Oh, obviously this and that, and you have the bird's eye perspective, but you don't know what was going on in each one of those cars. You don't know what was going on on the road. You don't know what's happening there. And instead of assuming you do and making judgment, ask questions and be empathetic, you know, and that's something that again, is so hard to do because it feels like, everything people do is a direct attack at me or a direct indictment of who I am or a direct, you know, judgment of my 
personhood sometimes because I'm a narcissist, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, but, but it's, it's just to remember, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I could be right. I could be wrong, but I don't know. So I'm not going to assume and judge if I care enough, I'm going to ask questions and listen and be empathetic to the situation. It doesn't mean at the end, I can't say, yeah, that was their fault and they're a bastard. I can say that, but at least I know, I know. <laughs> you know, it's okay to at the end of the day say yeah they definitely did it on purpose and it was a really bad thing that they did and right. i should judge them a little bit for that so or it's like dang i had no idea that they were going through that you know so i mean i don't want to start singing the johnny cash song i walk a mile in shoes but it, it it really is so important to me that um you know it's just not about us so Huge. So huge. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. To go back to the one good thing. It's like pick something good, do it without an agenda, without an obligation. Just do something, you know, mm -hmm. what's the harm, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. what, 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 what's hurt when we do something we enjoy and that helps others mm -hmm. and that we feel better that it happened, mm -hmm. you know, connects us back with our humanity, connects us back with who we are at our core, mm -hmm. you know, why not? So excuses don't add up in that case. Mm -hmm. Smaller as big as you want, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And keep listening to this man. Uh, so yeah. download, subscribe, like, or whatever the buzzwords are, but I'm dead serious, it, you know, and, and you go back to what I said, or go back to what I said earlier. And you are one of the voices that needs to be heard and, and people, and people will, because the artificial inflation of superiority and wisdom is found out. People get found out and you never will because you actually do have those things, you know, mm -hmm. you're a wise and brilliant man. Yeah. And Thanks, people need to listen to you. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Woo. Well, yeah, I love you. I love you. And I'm grateful, grateful for you spending time with me today and rocking out this, this episode. I'm so thankful. Um, yeah. Excited to see who it reaches. Those of you who are, who have joined on podcast or on YouTube, thanks for joining in really grateful. Um, and just know that we're cheering you on, you know, and yeah, if we, if we were, if we were there with you, we would be asking you questions and showing up empathetically, like you just said, Scott, you know, like, at the end of the day, uh, we are all on some unique journeys and have unique things in the air, things that are challenging, things that are difficult, stuff from the past, stuff currently going on. And, you know, um, the, the thing I'm hopeful about this Our Healing Voices world is that it's a reminder that we're not alone. We're not alone on the path, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that's struggling with da-da-da, you know, and it's like, oh, wait. Oh, Scott's struggling with that too. Okay. All right. I feel a little less alone, you know, like, and that reminder, that's where I hope this pod, you know, this podcast can be a, a reminder for all of us, both for Scott, for me, for you listening, that you're not alone. There are people that want to support you. That are there are people that want to walk alongside you. There are people who want to listen to you and ask questions and show up empathetically. And um, yeah, grateful, grateful for you listening in. Scott, I love you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your voice. 
And until the next episode, keep being courageous. Keep being courageous. Whether you're launching a business like Scott, whether you're giving up a habit that no longer serves you, whether you're just trying to love yourself a little bit more, uh, we're cheering you on. Stay courageous. You got this. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you.